Hello, listeners. I have a few stories to start you off with our episode today. My first story is about Misty Copeland's unexpected beginning. So, Misty Copeland, if you don't know about her, you should. She is the first African-American female principal dancer with the American Ballet Theater. Misty's journey into ballet was not the typical one. She was discovered quite by chance at her local boys and girls club. Her mother, who had struggled to provide for her family, never imagined ballet as a career path for her daughter. Yet, it was her mother's support that allowed Misty to pursue these unexpected opportunities. Copeland often reflects on her mother's belief in her talent, despite the odds, which played a crucial role in her historic rise in the world of ballet. The next story I'm going to tell you about is Mikhail Baryshnikov. So if you didn't know Misty, you might know Baryshnikov. His background with dance was also heavily impacted by his mother. He is considered one of the greatest ballet dancers in history. His mother was an avid lover of the arts, and she introduced him to the world of dance. Although she passed away when he was very young, her influence remained strong in his life. Baryshnikov often credits his mother for his deep appreciation of the arts, which led him to join a ballet school in Riga. This early exposure, fueled by his mother's passion, laid the foundation for his extraordinary career. Next, Carlos Acosta's turn of fate. This particular dancer was considered a Cuban ballet star. Carlos's journey into dance was a twist of fate, guided by his father's decision. In an effort to keep him out of trouble on the streets of Havana, his father enrolled him in dance classes. What began as a disciplinary measure transformed into a lifelong passion and an illustrious career. Acosta's story is a testament to how parents can redirect their child's energy and potential into a fulfilling and successful path, sometimes in the most unexpected ways. So why are these stories important? Why am I sharing them with you? In case you didn't notice, the parents of these dancers did not put their children into dance with the idea that they would become world-renowned professional dancers. The parents did what parents do best. They supported their children and they gave them the opportunity to explore a part of themselves that ended up defining the rest of their lives. As we talk today about navigating the dance world as a new parent, just keep it in mind that this could be something that changes the life of your young one in ways that you wouldn't even begin to imagine. Hello and welcome to Ballet Class Revolution, the podcast where dance, education, and community come together. I'm Heather, your guide through the ever-evolving landscape of dance. With 27 years of dance experience that has taken me across the world from the stages of Austria, Germany, Israel, Romania, and Hungary, to the vibrant dance community in Charleston, South Carolina, I've not only performed with various companies, but also have shared my passion through teaching for over a decade. As someone who appreciates history deeply, I have a bachelor's in history and a minor in French and a soon-to-be master's in education with a concentration in curriculum and instruction from the College of Charleston. 
I bring a unique perspective to the dance world. I understand the importance of looking back to move forward to appreciate our roots while nurturing new growth. This podcast is a reflection of my journey and dedication. It's here to keep you informed about the best practices in dance, foster strong relationships within dance families and communities, and above all, support the thriving of young dancers through parental and studio support. So whether you're a dance enthusiast, a seasoned professional, or a parent navigating the world of dance with your child, this is the place for you. Let's dive into the world of dance together, learning, growing, and connecting one step at a time. Today we're going to explore the fascinating journey of a young dancer from their first steps to mastering the art. Dance progression is not just about learning steps and technique, it's a journey of self-discovery, discipline, and creativity. In the early stages, often starting as young as three or four years old, the focus is on developing basic motor skills, rhythm, and an understanding of very simple dance movements. These classes are less about formal dance techniques and more about having fun and expressing oneself through movement. I plan to do a future episode on what is happening cognitively for our children during these stages. This will help you to see at what stage they would be considered on level based on what they're able to execute. Suffice it to say, there won't be much happening at this stage for the average child. It is mostly to get the dancer and the family acquainted with the studio procedures, expectations, and some very basic steps. The performances will probably be one to two minutes long, and again, the steps will not be complicated in these performances. They honestly might even have an older child up there dancing with them or a teacher dancing in the wings to try and help keep them on track with the steps that they are expected to perform. But this is often really just for the parents to have a way to kind of enjoy the investment that they've made in their children at this stage. Also, they likely will not be competing at this age. One very important element, I think, for parents to keep in mind is the children that they are putting into dance. They're going to become close to the studio owner. They're going to become close to their teachers, and they are definitely going to develop friendships that they're not really going to want to leave. So it becomes more challenging as the years go on to try and switch studios. This is one of the reasons why I think it's very important that you do your homework and make sure that you put your child into a studio that you think will best suit your family, and not just for the now, but for the future as well. As children grow around the ages of five to eight, they begin to learn more structured dance techniques and some more terminology. This is where they may start to explore the basic elements of different dance styles. It's a crucial time for building a strong foundation in dance and to some degree to begin understanding the role of discipline in the studio and how it will impact their learning outcomes. This will be largely dependent on the studio that they are in and how much these studios expect of dancers in this age group. Some may have higher expectations, and some may still look at this time period as being considered maybe an early stage. Most dancers will not produce superior quality work, but they will start to find what they enjoy in the dance world and what they are passionate about. They may be very mild and quiet about that, 
This is because they're becoming more aware of their smaller part in the larger world of dance. It's important to encourage and support your dancers here, but don't expect what they love at this time to be what they settle on several years after this stage in their life. A lot of the influences that they come into contact with, whether it be through older dancers in the studio, maybe a performance that they see somewhere, or some kind of training that they go to, a competition, any or all of that can impact their feelings on different styles of dance and what they want to invest in. So next we would have the intermediate stages. This would be from the ages of roughly nine to 12. Young dancers will start to hone in on their skills and specific dance styles. This is often the stage where they begin to take their practice more seriously. You'll see them participating in more advanced classes and possibly even more performances or competitions, or at the very least, having more parts that they are dancing in inside of the performances at the studio. So again, from the ages of nine to 12, you're kind of at this intermediate, intermediary stage. And the reason it's important to know this is because you're gonna start to see your dancer change their attitude might change, their perspectives on the dance world might start to change. And you'll really start to know if they're gonna be sticking it out or not whenever you get them to the last part of this stage. So it's not unusual for dancers to be about 12 years old when they start to decide that this is a journey that they want to be on and that they want to work towards. So if you see your dancer become very passionate at this stage, you're going to want to support them. It will mean the world to them, even if they do end up deciding for whatever reason they want to leave it. It is very important to do what you can, what's within your means, to support them in trying to get to that next level at this age. Because it gets increasingly more difficult to keep up with the dance world if they are not doing so. Following the intermediate stages, we move into our advanced stages of the dancer's progression. The teenage years are going to mark these advanced stages of dance. Dancers at this level are refining their technique. They're developing their own unique style. They're starting to understand that there is such a thing. They might even be seriously considering dance as a career. This period of time is going to have some very intense training and some significant personal and artistic growth. So what you want to prepare yourself mentally for with this is the investments. So many families bring their dancers into the dance world, not fully understanding the commitments that will follow. So when your dancer gets to this stage, they're going to be at the studio most nights, possibly all day on Saturdays. You're going to have to plan your vacations around, you know, when performances are or possibly competitions. If you're in a competition studio, they may spend their summers anywhere but at home. <laughs> Even for me during these years, there was one summer I was in New York for six weeks at a summer intensive. And then I was in California for three in that exact same summer. So nine weeks out of the summer, I spent training with summer intensives. So this is a big investment. I know it's a little bit scary. It's definitely scary if you have younger ones in dance, but 
I don't know if I can express truly the value that comes with this, the discipline that your child will develop, the understanding of sacrifice and hard work for results, the personal development that just comes through being independent. There's so much that your child will benefit from in this time. It is important to find a healthy balance, and I know so many families really struggle with that and wish that they could kind of navigate it a little bit better in a way that they felt that there was more balance. A lot of that is going to come from just planning as effectively as you possibly can um, and being prepared. But I definitely would not suggest that someone should not put their child in dance for fear of this stage. I just think it's very important to plan, to be aware, and to make sure that you're picking up on the cues of what it is exactly that your dancer is wanting from this life. So obviously, advanced stages will go into adult years as well. Um, a lot of dancers will choose to continue dancing after high school. It's not really something that most people can just quit. It's very hard to walk away from after you've spent almost your entire life doing it. So usually where you will see dancers at this stage in their life is going to be, for most students, it'll be something like in college and dancing, maybe double majoring or minoring in dance, or maybe just majoring in dance. Um, you could also see them working in a conservatory or an internship for dance if they've decided that that's what they want to do. You could see them in a company. Um, you could see them teaching dance. You can see them just taking dance classes recreationally or doing something like being on a dance team in the college that they're in. Whether they do continue to have dance in their life or not, the years that they spent in dance, it is very important for you to understand this. Those years are incredibly important. They help to shape your child's work ethic. They help to shape their understanding of the fact that there is a much bigger world out there than just them. In turn, they'll be more able to collaborate. They're going to be more responsible. They're going to be more driven. They're going to have that growth mindset. So even if your child is one of the few that does not continue to keep dance in their life in some way, the benefits of those years dancing, they will continue to positively impact the life of your child. So I wanted to move us into the various dance styles and perhaps the suitability for your child and your family. Ballet, I'm going to start with that. That's the one that I am strongest in. It's the one that I would know how to teach. Ballet is known for its discipline and grace. It is a great foundation for all dance forms. It's ideal for children who are going to enjoy structured learning and are interested in a classical form of dance. Now, this being said, I don't think that you should assume or decide that your child would or would not like this based on those features. I think an important part of life is challenging yourself and exposing yourself to things that don't necessarily come naturally to you. And I say this in large part because of my personal journey. I struggled with ballet. I did not 
see it as being uh, like a viable career option for me. I had no idea that it would take me on the trajectory in my life that it did when I was a young dancer. I was in ballet in large part just because it offered me the opportunity to perform. And this, my friends, was from the ages of three until 12. It took me that long, that many years of coming back to the studio and experiencing dread and frustration towards ballet to finally deciding that maybe the reason I didn't like it was because I just didn't know what I was doing, right? So what I ended up realizing through that experience is that sometimes we have to be willing to challenge ourselves and to really put ourselves out there with something that maybe we don't feel comfortable with in order to understand and discover a love for that thing. So I repeat, don't expect things from your child either way. Give them the opportunity, give them the room to grow, make sure that they are receiving quality instruction, and then the rest of it will work itself out. So next you're gonna find jazz, and jazz is interesting to me because when I was growing up taking jazz classes, the jazz that I was exposed to was considered more like a Broadway style of jazz, right? So we were very lucky to have had a jazz teacher that actually did perform on Broadway. And so she taught us a lot of really fun, fantastic pieces like Fosse choreography, really awesome experience. And jazz that you see today, what's called jazz is very different from that. It's often gonna be set to popular music and it's going to be um, a very particular set of steps that you're gonna see arranged in different ways. This would be a good fit for kids who really like to move in a dynamic way and that really wanna show some personality in their dance. Not that there could not be in other forms of dance, there absolutely can be. I think it's just one where kids really feel like they um, can express themselves more. And a lot of that I believe stems from the fact that the music in jazz is more relatable to them. So with something like ballet, if you're dancing to traditional ballet, there's a beauty to that. There's a history to it that you are perpetuating, which I love. Um, but for kids, it's so hard for them to pick up on that and to understand the value of that experience. Sometimes it's a very delayed understanding. And with something like jazz, you know, the music tells them what to feel and they feel like they can relate to it. So it helps them feel like they're able to get out that form of expression that is so important for all humans. Tap focuses on creating rhythmic sounds with the feet. This would be great for students or children who have a really good sense of rhythm and enjoy making music or just noise <laughs> through their movements. It's another element of dance that it's gonna be really crucial to find a teacher that really knows what they're doing to set your student up for success. In contemporary dance, this is gonna be a blend of various styles and it's often gonna be a little bit more interpretive. This is gonna be ideal for students, again, who want to express themselves creatively through a fusion of techniques. So you're gonna find kind of more modern elements, but you might see little 
bits and pieces from other styles of dance in that. Then we have modern, which is going to consist of <laughs> several different techniques within this framework of being modern. And the role of modern dance was to kind of break from the mold of ballet, but it's incredible. It's beautiful. The techniques are really um, diverse, which is amazing to see. And when you find a dancer who's very strong in a certain modern technique, those will be some of the strongest dancers you will ever find. It's definitely going to be more in line with the ideal for like a contemporary because you have that part to it that is based almost solely on abstract expression. But if your child is a little bit more structured, following modern is going to be a great way to help them enjoy that part of dancing and to kind of work through the structure to achieve that artistic expression that modern offers. So just in conclusion for this, every child's journey in dance is going to be unique. The right style for them will depend largely on their personality, a little bit on their interest, and possibly it could even include some physical capabilities. This goes into that idea, the understanding that your students will be influenced, your children will be influenced by their environment. If you put your child in a competition studio that does not have a strong ballet program, chances are they're not going to fall in love with ballet. And that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone because their exposure to ballet will be limited. Their role models will not be strong ballet dancers. And the goals that the people around them are setting are not in line with ballet. They also will be undermining their physical potential for ballet because the techniques that they're building are not going to be strengthening them in ballet in the same way or helping them develop artistically in ballet in the same way. So this is important because there's nothing wrong with putting your child in a studio that's not a ballet studio, but you do want to understand going in that the odds of them walking out as teenagers saying that that is something that they want to do, again, if there's not a strong ballet program, that's just not likely. And that's okay, but you need to be aware. Not all dance is the same. Another important element to consider when you're looking at the dance world today, if you want your child to be in a position that they can be successful in this dance world, they're going to need to have diverse ability and skills. They're going to need to be physically strong dancers. They're going to need to be able to switch between a contemporary form of dance and a classical form of dance. They're going to need to have elements to their technique and ability that will make them unique and help make them stand out in this very saturated dance world. So as parents, encouraging them to explore different styles helps in finding the one that will resonate most with their individual character and passion, and then just be prepared to move with them along the way and to help support them in what they're deciding or wanting. Don't be afraid to challenge them sometimes. I think it's good for all of us to 
face a challenge every once in a while. So in this next segment, we're diving into the integral role of a dance parent. It's a journey filled with commitment and love where you play a pivotal role in your child's dance experience. Being a dance parent involves a multifaceted commitment that's going to include your time. It's going to include emotional support. It's going to include a pretty significant financial investment. We're going to talk about each of these. So for the time commitment, dance classes, rehearsals, performances, and competitions, they take up a significant amount of time. It's not just about dropping off and picking up your kid. It's also about being present, watching rehearsals, sometimes volunteering. (laughs) Just as a little tip to help you with this when you get to this stage in your dancer's life. To balance this with other responsibilities, effective time management is going to be key. You're really going to want to use calendars, possibly scheduling apps to keep track of dance events and family activities. It becomes increasingly difficult if you have multiple children and multiple activities, and it really does help to make sure that everyone in the family is on board with the commitment that it requires. The emotional commitment. Supporting your child emotionally through their highs and lows in dance is going to be crucial. This is going to include celebrating their successes as well as comforting them through their disappointments. It also means being the one who can be a little bit tough in a situation and just ask your dancer, did you deserve it? Did you deserve that role that you did not get? What did you do differently from the dancer who received it? So being able to be there with them in a way that you're supporting them, you're letting them know how important and special they are to you, but you're also reminding them that while it's important for them to feel these emotions, they cannot wallow and they can't stay in them. I talked about Merit Moore in one of my previous episodes. One thing that she said before that really resonated with me, she said that her mother, before she passed away, she would tell her all the time, you are the most special person to me, the most important person in the world to me, but you are not the most special person in the world. And that the reason I think it resonated with me was because you're seeing kind of this trend in the world today where we try to make our children feel okay with everything because we don't want to see them upset. We don't want to see them hurt. But what that ends up doing often is disabling them and it prevents them from seeing the world as the big, dynamic, diverse place that it is. So... It's really important to balance this. Again, you have to be a support system for your child. A lot of children dance in studios where there's a lot of negativity that's hurled at them and where they may be struggling with how they're perceiving the criticism that they're receiving. So you want to be able to work with them in a way that they can kind of have a place to go and feel safe, that's going to be very, very, very important. But you also want to help make them stronger people because that's what they're going to carry with them for the rest of their life, that combination of love, support, and strength. So just letting them know that you are there and you care for them is going to be huge 
and then also saying, let's work together to make it even better next time. Let's see what we can do to make sure that you get that part next time, right? So tip for this would be open communication. That's going to be vital in this relationship between you and your child. You're going to want to regularly check in with them about their feelings towards dance. This helps in understanding their passion and addressing any concerns that they might be having. You really want to keep open that door of communication. So the financial commitment. Dance can be expensive with the cost adding up for classes, costumes, travel for competitions. It's going to be really crucial for you to budget and to plan out these expenses. I did create a free budget that you can use. You can change it every year. I'll make sure that it's attached in the show notes. But you want to be planning for this. You need to be ahead of the game. And you also need to understand it's going to get just like the time commitment. It's going to get progressively harder to keep up with the financial commitments. You will find thousands upon thousands of dollars going into dance for various reasons. If your dancer is into competitions, that cost is going to include the extra rehearsal time, the choreographer's work if they're hiring out for a choreographer. It's going to include the costumes that they might only use once. It's going to include the competition fee. It's going to include, you know, the shoes, maybe gear for the studio that you're with, right? Like shirts, sweatshirts. It's going to include the traveling expenses. So how are you getting there? Driving? Are you sharing a room with another dancer? Are you just getting your own room? Are they requiring that you take trips as a studio to perform outside of the competition? All of that can add up very quickly. You have got to be prepared for all of it. And you want to make sure that you're keeping record of your expenses so that you can continue to prepare throughout the years. Obviously, the more dances that are entered into a competition, the more that cost is going to go up. If you're looking at somebody who, let's say they're in a studio that is less competition focused, they it doesn't mean that it's going to be cheap, right? Like you still have, if it's a ballet studio, point shoes. Those things can be $125 a pair. And they could be dead within a week for a dancer that's in a studio. For professional dancers, they could be dead in an hour. So between the shoes that need to be bought and summer intensives that can be thousands of dollars, it's going to be a lot. It adds up pretty quickly. So just make sure that you're mentally prepared (laughs) and that you know that what's coming ahead of you is going to be this cost and that the more you can save in the beginning and the more that you can plan for it, the better. It helps a lot to talk to your studios in the beginning about what exactly the financial commitment looks like down the road. Because when you first see the dollars, it's not a big deal. But later down the road, when they get a little bit older, it's definitely going to be a pretty dramatic shift. You want to be as prepared as possible. And you want to continue to check on those things because the studios, they will change their prices and their way of doing business in general, potentially throughout the years that you're there. So always be on the lookout and be aware. You also, just as a tip for keeping up with your financial commitment, it helps tremendously to look for scholarships or possibly even sponsorship opportunities for your your child. 
Some dance schools will offer financial aid, maybe even like a work-study program where your child is teaching younger students, and some of that can go towards paying for their tuition. Also consider secondhand costumes or costume exchanges to reduce your cost. Okay, so balancing with life responsibilities. Balancing your dance parenting with other life responsibilities like work, other children, and personal time, it can be so challenging, but it is not impossible. So some strategies for this would include family involvement. You want to involve your family inside this dance journey. This could mean having siblings attend performances or sharing responsibilities with your partner or possibly even other family members. Just as an example, I will be working some weekends. So my mother, it has not been unusual for her or for my daughter's father to take her to dance on Saturday mornings. Equally important in balancing life responsibilities with dance is gonna be some personal time. Don't forget to take some time for yourself and don't forget to make sure that your role in this is not completely wrapped up inside of your child's experience. It is important that you take time for yourself and that you treat yourself to the things in your life that'll help you maintain some energy and enthusiasm to continue to be that supportive parent that your child needs you to be. Additionally, looking for community support. So connect with other dance parents. That's huge. When you can find a place that you can talk to other dance parents, they can be a great source of support, advice, and sometimes help in sharing logistics. So when you're doing this, one of the struggles that I've heard parents talk about pretty frequently is that they experience some level of judgment or clicks within the dance mom community. And that is always so disappointing to hear and it's definitely something that hurts my heart. But if you can find a group to talk to and to connect with in a way that you feel is judgment-free and provides you some of that support and care and knowledge that you're so desperately wanting, that is pure gold. And definitely, definitely, definitely don't let that get away from you. So being a dance parent is a commitment. It requires balance, it requires dedication, it requires love. It's about supporting your child's passion while managing the practical aspects of their dance journey. Remember, your role is instrumental in nurturing their growth, not just as a dancer, but as a confident and happy individual. When you think back to those stories in the beginning, remember how crucial the life and the role of the parent was in the life of those dancers. So this was not everything. I plan to have another podcast that's going to be a follow-up on two other segments that I think are really important that we need to discuss, one of them being common challenges that you're going to find as a dance parent in the dance world, as well as some solutions for those challenges, and the next would be celebrating success and handling disappointment, and lastly, some resources that can benefit you in this journey and some additional support. So please tune in for that next episode. That'll be released probably within this week. And then I do have another one coming up that I am super excited about that talks about the unsung heroes of dance. And that is going to be our dance parents. 
and I am telling you right now, I have put out some surveys to get some information for this, and you will not want to miss it. Really, really powerful stuff that people experience in this role, and just something that is not to be underestimated. So I really hope you tune in for those upcoming episodes that you subscribe so you can get it as soon as it comes out. Feel free to share what we have gone through with other dance parents or let them know about the podcast. I truly believe that together we can make the dance world a more supportive and enriching place for our children, something that they so desperately need from us. Thank you again for tuning in. Your presence and your engagement means the world to me. Stay tuned for that next episode, and I can't wait to see you there. Until then, keep dancing, keep supporting, and keep inspiring. Thanks for all you do, and goodbye.